0: Good morning, everyone. It is time for another A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. Bruce Hooli, Andy Anders with you. Uh, Normally, nothing's normal this year, but normally we would be talking about who won the Heisman Trophy on Saturday. Instead, we're talking about will there be an Ohio State-Michigan game on Saturday. And uh, Andy, we still don't know. as It's Monday, December the 7th, the day Jim Harbaugh typically meets with the media, but he will not meet with the media today because Michigan's team activities are still paused, and we don't know whether the Wolverines... We'll have too many COVID tests to come to Columbus on Saturday.
2: Well, yeah, I think uh, the latest insider seems insider people seem to be saying that Michigan is leaning toward not playing. Uh, there was apparently a meeting between the coaches, the athletic department, team doctors, all to discuss whether or not the team would play mm-hmm. on Saturday, and uh, the lean was no. But again, this is it's all speculation at this point. I don't think anyone knows for sure. Michigan might not even know for sure at this point. I um. Obviously, though, if that game gets canceled, then that has huge implications for Ohio State and their hunt for a college football playoff. You and I were talking before the podcast here about whether they might reschedule uh, with another Big Ten team that has either a game canceled or you do some shuffling in there. Uh, Bruce, who, who would you look at for that if... Uh that were to happen. Well, I
0: think first of all, why would they do it? The motivation, uh, it has not happened throughout the season. When a team's missed a game, they have not allowed uh, the schedule to be put together on the fly like happened this week with Coastal Carolina and BYU. Uh, congratulations to those teams that found a way to play when Coastal Carolina's opponent fell off the schedule. The motivation would be because the Big Ten established this standard that you had to play six games to be eligible for the Big Ten title. Ohio State is going to the playoff if they have a zero on the right side of their ledger. Are we agreed on that?
2: Unless I, I see maybe one route where the playoff committee thinks about it, and it, Ohio, this is assuming Ohio State doesn't play the Big Ten title game, correct? Or you Let's say, say
0: Ohio State plays one more game. Yes. They don't play this week at all and they play one more game, either they make an exception and allow them into the Big Ten title game against Northwestern, or they put them with Iowa, the final week, champions weekend. Let's right. say they play six games total.
2: Six games total. I think if they're Big Ten champion, there's no question for me. If they play a sixth game, it's not for the Big Ten championship. I And it would have to be an obscene set of circumstances here where, A, no Clemson beats Notre Dame in the Mm -hmm. ACC title and I think that's likely uh I would pick Clemson in that game a lot of people would pick Clemson in that game and Florida beats Alabama for the SEC title then the committee is stuck thinking about well we have our SEC champion one loss we have our ACC champion one loss no Clemson's definitely in that case of course Alabama with one loss has looked like one of the best teams all season you can't What's the argument against Florida with one loss as an SEC champ? And then, obviously, Notre Dame there with one loss, beat Clemson in the past, played a pretty good schedule in the ACC as compared to what Ohio State would have played at that Mm -hmm. point. So that's the only scenario where I think the playoff committee thinks about it, but I would still lean Ohio State gets in under that set of circumstances, even if they're not the Big Ten champion, technically. Yeah,
0: it'd be a hard argument for the playoff committee to make you're correct that notre dame clemson florida or, or alabama don't deserve bids it'd also be hard to say we're taking four one lost teams and leaving an unbeaten team out exactly a highly thought of one unbeaten team that everybody thought at the beginning of the year would be in the playoff and they haven't lost and they really haven't been threatened but we're still <laughs> not going to take them because you know they played what four less games than everybody else. Yes. That would be the that would be the why. Okay, so I digress, but that was a great point that you made. So the motivation is to get Ohio State into the Big Ten title game because it looks good for the conference to have a conference champion, and everybody in the Big Ten knows. If you've watched Big Ten football, Ohio State's clearly the class of the conference. You want your best team to have the championship. All right, so that's why they want to get them a sixth game so that they quote-unquote qualify for the Big Ten title game. So there's a possible option here. You have to have, first of all, they're not going to let them play somebody from outside the conference. No. Because they haven't allowed anybody else to play somebody from outside the conference. That's an exception I don't see the league making. Do you see the league making an exception? If BYU'd say, hey, we'll go play. <laughs> do you see them making that exception to get Ohio State a sixth now, game?
2: I don't see the Big Ten making that exception. I think it's stupid they won't make that yeah. exception. I, I, th- I thought it was stupid when Nebraska had a perfectly legitimate game against a team that had taken all the COVID protocols seriously and was ready and willing to play uh, when Nebraska had its game canceled earlier in the season against Wisconsin, and the Big Ten said no. I thought that rule. this rule's been stupid from the beginning. You can put the other team through the same protocols the conference is going through. You can say, hey, test the days we test, have the guidelines we follow, and then you play the game. But, I mean, that's a separate point. I don't see them making the exception for Ohio State. In that particular instance, because it's not a rule that would affect the conference evenly. At least if you lower, if Ohio State doesn't play this weekend and you lower it from six games to five that's required to make the Big Ten title, at least that technically affects the conference evenly. Mm-hmm. It's only benefiting Ohio State, but if someone else had gone 5-0, and then they would have... Been in under that rule. You see, you kind of see where I get down there. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We are sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We've teamed together to provide a special gaming opportunity for all the Landry football followers and podcast listeners here on Twitch and on the Landry Facebook channel and on LandryFootball.com. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right hand side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, like Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, or PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive. Receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on that ad, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Okay, so Ohio State, their motivation to get them a game is to qualify for the conference title game. Where do they get the team? The possibility that I see is Minnesota is supposed to play at Nebraska. Minnesota has had several games canceled because of COVID. They did not play last week. If Minnesota is unable to play Nebraska, I do not think Ohio State nor Nebraska would see any point in playing a second time. Who would you... This is supposed to be a Nebraska home game. Now, it's not the same as a normal home game because you don't have fans and the gate and all that stuff. But I don't see... Well, I mean, as much as the Big Ten hates Nebraska for making them play, maybe they would make Nebraska come to Columbus twice. But probably not. What I think they could do is they could take Maryland and Rutgers. They could have Rutgers play Nebraska. And since Maryland and Ohio State didn't play, and you can make, I mean, let's make as as plausible an argument as you can make that anybody could beat Ohio State, you could maybe make the argument that Maryland, because they can score and Ohio State might put it on the ground 12 times or something, you play Maryland and Ohio State. That's what I could see them doing is Minnesota... Unable to play. Somebody has to be unable to play other than Michigan, or you don't have an opportunity to schedule Ohio State elite game.
2: No, not unless you take a game away from someone else. Yeah, which, which I
0: don't see that happen. No, not at all. Okay, so you're going to move Nebraska to play Rutgers because they haven't played, and then Maryland, you're freed up to go play Ohio State, which was the first game Ohio State did not play because of Maryland COVID issues. Then Ohio State later did not play at Illinois, chose not to play at Illinois, Because they wanted to be safe, even though they had the ability to play under the Big Ten's rigorous allowances for percentages of COVID-positive tests. I think I said that accurately. So that's what I could see them doing. Um, I think you have to make that decision by tomorrow. Yes. Don't you?
2: Well, or at least whenever. It's got to be almost instantaneous when Michigan announces – you know, if they cancel, because yep. this is all cons- assuming they cancel. Michigan announces it's canceled. It's got to be right after that. Michigan's got to make its decision as soon as possible as well. I yep. would think uh, you've got to give the conference time to prepare. you got to give Ohio State, and again, if they do this shuffle we're talking about, those teams' time to prepare. Um, so a lot of it right now, we're kind of in this waiting mode where we don't know about Michigan, if they're ready to go or not, and until that shoe drops and we get an answer, uh, it's all speculation. We just have to wonder about the plausible scenarios. And I think that really is the only game that makes sense to me to split up Rutgers-Maryland. I mean... Michigan State-Penn State's technically a rivalry. Technically. Uh, technically. Wisconsin-Iowa, obviously. Floyd of Rosedale, all that. Yep. Um, Illinois-Northwestern is...
0: That's a rivalry.
2: ...is a rivalry and a big game in the West. So really, it's if uh, Minnesota doesn't play Nebraska, Michigan doesn't play Ohio State, then you can split up Rutgers-Maryland, avoid the rematch, or you rematch Ohio State-Nebraska if you really want to just stick it to Nebraska one yeah. more time that's yeah. the Big Ten.
0: Take that with you, Scott Frost. All right, Um Let's go best-case scenario. Michigan can pass, and Michigan can play. Okay, Michigan passes the test, Michigan play. They can't pass. They can't run. They can't defend the pass. They can't defend the run. And they can't kick. They've got, like, what, three for nine on field goals. Michigan is a train wreck. They are a 33-0 point underdog against Ohio State. And let me just tell you, I'm not a better. but if you are, and people at American betting experts hope you are, I'm taking Ohio State to cover that a hundred times out of a hundred. Good night. I hadn't heard that. Line. 30. 30 points. Thirty. Oh,
2: geez. I, I mean, it makes sense. Even with, um, obviously Ohio State still going to have at least three and maybe four starting offensive linemen out. We don't know Wyatt Davis's status at right guard there. Um, and Vegas knows that, and they're uh, yep. still putting out a thirty-point line. I, I'd probably take Ohio State to cover, especially because Ryan Day is back coaching and. Yep. We all know what he said about uh, apparently behind closed doors about hanging 100 on Michigan this year. Um, So I think what's curious is um, if in this game, the only way I could see Michigan even making this a game is if there's a complete blow up along the offensive line. We've seen that in the past with Ohio State-Michigan games. um, And being a squad of backups for the most part, it could happen. Uh, But Michigan really can't... You're
0: trying to talk yourself into this, aren't you?
2: I'm trying to talk... You're trying to talk yourself (laughs) into this. Look, I'm trying to be... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> unbiased and give an objective reason why yeah. michigan could stand a chance in this game it's very hard to find one bruce help me out well there's a, the ni- there's, a, uh, there's a
0: 1950 snowball that could like keep we could have a reincarnation have a blizzard 70 years later from the snowball and the blizzard could obliterate ohio state's passing and running game. <laughs> i don't know how uh, jake moody or quinn nordine would make a field goal in uh, the blizzard. But at any rate, Ohio State has won eight in a row against Michigan. Uh, I was looking to see if they've covered a 30-point spread the last two years. It only seemed that way. 62-39 to in Urban Meyer's final game against Michigan. 56-27, to a bigger margin but fewer points. Last year in Ryan Day's first game in the rivalry in Ann Arbor. So Ohio State scored 118 points against Michigan's defense the last two years when it was clearly better than this year's Michigan defense. Oh, absolutely. Aiden Hutchinson was playing then. He's not playing now. Uh, They're
2: without Uche, too, aren't they? I'm not sure about
0: Uche, but they uh, theoretically would have Quiddy Pay, although you know he might not be injured. He might be out with COVID. Quiddy Pay and Daxton Hill were the only two guys on Michigan's defense that would have a prayer of getting minutes at Ohio State on the defensive side.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Ohio State secondary aren't exactly world beaters. Well, center, that is but... true.
0: You got me there. But, look, it's going to be a blowout if Ohio State plays the game, and I don't know what degree an empty stadium would have on, you know, Ohio State had its foot off the throttle against Indiana after getting out big early. Uh, Ohio State's the better team. Ohio State will win the game if it's played. Michigan, by the way, Uh, Not very good offensively, and uh, we don't know if Cade McNamara can play. Injured his shoulder against Penn State. We don't know if Joe Milton can play. He supposedly is also dinged up. So their third option at quarterback is Dan Villery, a three-star quarterback who had no other Power 5 offers other than Michigan. Oof. Oof. As Freshman, if, never as if played. they
2: didn't have enough going against them. By yeah. the way, I wanted to correct myself earlier. Josh Huchet is in the NFL okay. right now, and he was uh, he was he's he's with the Patriots. He's not he wasn't at Michigan entering this season. Uh, I don't know why that name came into my. I think I had him confused with Quiddy Pay for a minute. They could
0: use him for sure.
2: Absolutely, they uh
0: they need some help on that defensive side right now. They have so, given up four hundred plus in each of their last five games. They've given up twenty seven points plus in each of their last five games.
2: Yeah, um, and we all know how Ryan Day has Don Brown's number. Uh, as a play caller, uh, defensive coordinator Don Brown, who everyone thought would be was the answer at Michigan on defense in a lot of ways since Ryan Day has been the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, they haven't had any problems scoring on him. No.
0: And if you're thinking, well, Ohio State's offensive line is racked by COVID and maybe Ohio State won't be able to run on him, Uh, Michigan has given up 300-plus passing to Indiana, Rutgers, and Michigan State. If you watch (laughs) Michigan State throw the ball, you're like, huh? Yes. They gave up 300 passing to each one of those teams, and they gave up 250 rushing to Wisconsin and Penn State.
2: And I'll also say Ohio State's rushing game looked the best it's looked all season against Michigan State. Michigan State actually has a solid defense this year. Did some research heading into the game there. Top 50 nationally in total yardage defense, believe it or not. And I, um, it, Ohio State had no problems shoving it down their throat. I can't imagine they'd have much problem with Michigan. I, I honestly think the Michigan State defense is better than Michigan's defense right now.
0: I would agree. And
2: uh, Trey Sermon, for once, looked Showed out Saturday as well. He did. That he looked, big.
0: Uh, he looked very good. Uh, we want to thank those of you who are watching us on the Chris Landry Football Channel. Do us a favor. Hit that follow button. It's located at the bottom right of the screen, the little heart. Once you do that, you'll receive an email or text notification every time we go live on the Chris Landry Football Show. Every single time, just click the link in the message, and bam, you'll be watching us live. And at 11 o'clock today in the East, you'll be able to watch our friends in defense of the Big 12. The Big 12 title game is... Uh, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma against future coach somewhere else, Matt Campbell. Yes, whether it will be Texas, whether it will be Penn State, whether it will be Michigan, we don't know. But I don't think Matt Campbell um, is refinancing his house in Ames, Iowa. <laughs> I think he is uh, contacting two men in a truck because he will have he will have offers, and he should have offers given what he's done at Iowa State. And if Matt Campbell ends up in the Big Ten, he will have cred, having coached at Toledo, being a masculine guy. There will be the inevitable comparisons between uh, his lineage, at least, and Bo Schembechler's lineage, and I think Matt Campbell would do a great job at Penn State. I think he'd do a great job at Michigan. I don't know about Texas, because that's a unique animal there.
2: And also, it's uh, we were talking about Tom Herman before the podcast. We talk about Tom Herman an awful lot on this for we a Big do. Former podcast.
0: Buckeye offensive coordinator on the 2014 national title team. Yeah.
2: Uh, $25 million is the price tag on his buyout for Texas Ooh. this year. Uh, right now, the reports from 24-7 Sports reporter Chip Brown here uh, talking about how Urban Meyer's flirtation, at least for the moment with Texas, the talks with him, have stopped. Uh, he is too concerned about his health and the end it brought to his time at Florida and his time at Ohio State and the stresses of coaching that he doesn't want to take the Texas job at least right now. And there's sources within the program saying that if they can't get Urban, they're probably just going to hold on to Tom because... Of uh, you know he's. But they had, like
0: giving recruits to Ohio State? That's is that why they're holding on to Tom Herman?
2: I I think they <laughs> I think they're okay with it as long as they don't have to back up a dump truck full of cash to pay him and then pay a new coach.
0: Well, they got the dump truck full of cash at Texas. Oh, they they got the boosters. Let me down just there. say, I don't know what Urban's thinking, but good on Urban playing hard to get because nobody makes their best offer their first offer. So if it's not his health, if it's gee, I wonder how much these guys would pay then good on him. He's not exactly strapped for cash. He's not strapped for cash. And I would not be surprised at all if Fox Sports gave Urban pretty much whatever he wanted as he has proven himself to be not a surprise. He's great at whatever he has tried in his life. He's great on TV. He is. And he is making that Fox Big Noon kickoff show uh, a viable alternative to uh, game day, which still has great elements, but game day sometimes tries to pack too much in, too many people. I think the more people you put on camera, the harder it is to kind of follow everybody. I would accentuate more Herbie, more Reese Davis. I would do less of the other stuff. And Fox, you know, you are going to get Reggie Bush. You know, you are going to get Liner, and you are going to get urban and you're going to get rob stone i think those four guys do a great job
2: they do and i think uh, honestly urban's such a big draw for ratings and he really drew in certain midwestern markets Mm -hmm. right off the bat and you already had the west coast guys with liner and bush i think overall fox really put something together and it felt new and fresh because game day has been the same for a long long time i mean they try to do little things here and there with social media and with what they do with the crowd and with other things to switch it up. Obviously there's no crowds this year. Right. Uh, but honestly, it's a lot of the same. And this year, they I don't think they've navigated COVID as well. And we're going kind of off track of the Big Ten here. I, I just, um, some of the guest pickers this year have been kind of awkward on game day. Uh, at least that's from my view. Um, I think... How Fox and the big noon kickoff show has handled COVID is a little better than how game day has. And um, Lee Corso, bless him, he's getting a little old. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's the thing with, with the ESPN is hamstrung in that the very best guy they have on analyzing games is clearly Herbie. And because he's calling the A game, he won't give a pick. They string the picks out to the point where there's really not that many games worth picking. And then the one game you really want him to pick, he can't pick. So it's not his fault. It's just that they're they're stuck. I, maybe the picks thing is something that they, they can't stop doing it because the guest picker was like a new thing for them. But I just like Fox is more geared to the hardcore fan. Yeah, i think. I'd agree with and that. And I think they do a better job. All right, uh, let's turn our attention to the rest of the conference over the weekend. Uh, Purdue has proved to be a bit of a disappointment. They lost to Nebraska by 10, 37-27. Penn State, this one shocked me how easy Penn State won. Maybe they got their confidence from their win at Michigan. 23-7 over Rutgers. Uh, OSU by 40 over Michigan State, 52-12. Iowa continues to roll. They were down 14 to nothing at Illinois. They came back and won 35-21. Iowa's 5-2. and How in the world did Iowa lost to Purdue. Or Northwestern.
2: How in the world anyone lost to anyone this year in the Big yeah. Ten? I have. This has been the most volatile, unpredictable year of Big Ten football I can remember. I don't know if you can remember one. You, you've been around Big Ten football. It's longer strange. Than
0: I have. It's a strange one. I think it's because without fans, you really have to produce your own energy. You can't count on that home crowd boost. I don't know if it's true this year or not. It would be an interesting study to find out if the percentage of road teams winning is appreciably higher than it has traditionally been over time. But there is no home field advantage at all with no fans. And so it's not intimidating to go into, let's say, Michigan's good. It's not intimidating to go into the big house. It's not intimidating. Maryland doesn't win at Penn State if Penn State has 107,000 in there. I don't believe that's possible.
2: Right. I think um, going off that, I think this year really, Bruce, is the ultimate culture test. For programs, It is. Great Uh, point. Not just because, like you said, the fans, and you have to create your own energy and your own motivation, but also the lack of practice and preparation time and how you handle everyone went through the same adversity with COVID. Everyone was off the same amount of time, at least in the Big Ten, went through the same uncertainty. If there's going to be a season, are there going to be opt-outs, all these things, how you navigate that as a program, how you produce your own energy on the field. This year was the ultimate culture test.
0: Uh, tell your friends about the Chris Landry football channel on Twitch so they can watch all their favorite shows. We have recruiting shows, NFL shows, film breakdown shows, pro to college to high schools, you name it, we have it, Chris Landry Football. The website is LandryFootball.com. The Twitch address is uh, twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry. I have it here on my screen, and I'm not able to find it, of course. But uh, hit that heart button and follow us every single time we go live. You'll get a notification and uh, we'd appreciate if you would tell your friends about us. All right, so who would you, if Ohio State can't play Michigan? And let's say they put them with Maryland. Ohio State wins the game, and then, well, no, let's say they don't play Maryland. Okay, so we're going to go into some what-ifs here. They don't play a game this week. Minnesota can play Nebraska, so there's no available game, okay? So Ohio State has to sit out because Michigan's unable to play. Ohio State has... Five games. Let's say the Big Ten doesn't make a, an allowance to put them against Northwestern in the title game. Do you want to see them play? I would think it would be have to be Iowa. To. Iowa's five and two. Wisconsin is two and two. But what if Wisconsin wins at Iowa this week at three thirty? Wisconsin then oh, is three and two.
2: That's an interesting proposition. Three um, and two
0: versus five and three.
2: Three and two versus five and three. Well, I guess going off baseball math, that'd be. Uh... It'd be. It would still technically mean Iowa has the better record. Um, uh, I would. Uh, I guess I would rather see Wisconsin just because uh, Wisconsin would be the higher ranked team at that point. They already are the higher ranked team, right? I yeah. can't. No,
0: I can't imagine. I. I can't imagine Wisconsin's ranked higher than Iowa. Oh no, they Iowa's aren't. won right. five you're in a row. Aren't. You aren't. Yeah. Um, you're you're
2: right there. Yes, uh, Iowa's the higher ranked. But if Wisconsin wins that game, they'll be the higher ranked team. Maybe, uh, maybe neither one of them would be ranked. And I, they have. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They have, I think, more... Just because of their history, I think they have a little more prestige. There's a little more like backing for a win against Wisconsin, just traditionally. Um, So if they beat Iowa, I think you'd rather see Ohio State play Wisconsin on that Champions Weekend. But honestly, I don't think it matters too much one way or the other. Because unless that scenario I played out earlier, I don't think that I explained earlier plays out... uh, I don't think there's any consideration for the college football playoff committee whether it's Wisconsin, whether it's Iowa, whether it's actually a Big Ten title, for putting Ohio State in the playoff as long as they win out.
0: Let's throw some love to Indiana backup quarterback Jack Tuttle. He stepped in for Michael Penix, who's out for the season now with an ACL. Jack Tuttle comes in. He throws two touchdown passes against Wisconsin. Indiana cashed in on its trips in the red zone. Wisconsin did not. That's why Indiana wins the game on the road in Madison, 14-6. to And the Hoosiers are 7-1. and what are they, ranked eighth? Do you believe Indiana is a legitimately top 10 team?
2: Yes, 100%. You do.
0: Well, you had them early in the year, so you're not an unbiased observer. You were on them from the very start. Oh, okay. You were on them from the very start. Andy look, picked Indiana at the start of the year. He said, watch out, they're a surprise team. That's I, great. You, you nailed it.
2: I did. Um, pat myself on the Hold on. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, uh, I I honestly do believe they're a top 10 team. They've beaten everyone but Ohio State and they did give Ohio State a game in the end. Uh, even if it was, you know, Ohio State got way out in front yep. and then Indiana pushed late. They still made it a one-score game. I mean, you can't knock that. And just I talked I, just a minute ago. I was talking about culture of a program. You want to talk about a program with a great culture right now. How about what Indiana's doing and my, my Maya, you can't handle the truth yeah. is
0: actually it. A- well, let's do it right now. Let's, let's go get right to, into let's it. Let's get to the kernel. Um,
2: you can't handle the truth. Cue it up. So I don't think this is much of a hot take today, Bruce, as much as it is a coronation. Tom Allen should be the Big Ten coach of the year this year. Okay. Um. I know Ryan Day has navigated a lot at Ohio State, uh, has missed a game for COVID. He's maybe the only other guy you could point to. Um. Yeah, that in the conference that you could say coach of the year, maybe Pat Fitzgerald, but Tom Allen. Did you did you get a chance to watch the post game of that? I uh, did. Wisconsin. I did. He couldn't even complete his interview. Nope, because his players were running up and telling. Everyone that (laughs) he was the best coach coach in in America, best coach in America. Like 10 guys said it. 10 guys said how much they loved him. Everyone's hugging him. He's trying to, and it was such an amazing moment. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, this guy is the real deal. At least at Indiana, he's found a real culture fit. He's changed the landscape of that program to the point I'm actually changing. I'm actually thinking about what the ceiling for them could be. Now, maybe I'm buying in a little too much. This is a weird year. Um, they're still going to have to contend with Ohio State and the Big Ten East. Anyone in the Big Ten East trying to make it out that isn't a traditional power is going to have a difficult time. But if he stays in Indiana long-term, the way the players are buying in right now and the way everyone believes in that room, uh, I've just been blown away with Tom Allen's culture fit. And um, I think he's set up for long-term success now at Indiana, and I think he should be the Big Ten's coach of the year this year, you know, guiding a team that seemed like this. I I didn't even think this was capable for Indiana, what they've done this year, I guess, in the past, Um, which seven of only eight games, but just an unbelievable year for them, and Tom Allen really coaching as well as I've seen anyone coach. I think, uh, in memory for Big Ten other than maybe Urban Meyer in 2014.
0: All right, that is Andy's You Can't Handle the Truth. Uh, This one is mine. You can't handle the truth! I know that my uh, Indiana bias is legendary when it comes to Hoosier basketball. So this is not related to my Indiana bias. But I'm going to uncomplicate things for the college football playoff committee. The winner of the Clemson-Notre Dame game should get into the college football playoff, and the loser should not. Hmm. Notre Dame beat Clemson at home with fans, with fans, so there was a home field advantage without Trevor Lawrence in overtime, 47-40. DJ Ungalele was really good in that game, but he's not Trevor Lawrence, okay? So if Clemson wins this game, I will uncomplicate it for the playoff committee. You put Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and providing they win Saturday at Tulsa, unbeaten Cincinnati in the college football playoff. Because if you have Clemson and Notre Dame both in at 10-1, and 1, and you have, let's say Alabama beats Florida, and you have Ohio State, you cannot put... Um, you can you could put Ohio State in at two and Clemson in at three, or you could put Clemson in at two and Ohio State in at three and Notre Dame at four, and Notre Dame and Alabama could play. I get it. But nobody wants to see Clemson and Notre Dame a third time this season. So I just think Ohio State and um, give Cincinnati a shot. Give Cincinnati a shot against Alabama. One and four, David Goliath. Stage, that's a pretty good game uh, to to brand in the lead-up to the playoff. Clemson and Ohio State rematch. That one needs no help marketing. And you also give yourself wiggle room. If Florida does beat Bama, Florida deserves to be in, and I believe Bama deserves to be in, and I believe Ohio State deserves to be in, and Clemson would deserve, or the winner of the ACC deserves to be in. So... I know, you know, I saw the Brian Kelly post game and it's a great accomplishment, an undefeated season and all that. But when I look at Notre Dame's schedule, I mean, it's not, it's more impressive than Cincinnati's. It's not that much more impressive. And so I don't think there'd be a hue and cry to have both Clemson and Notre Dame in if Trevor Lawrence had played in that game in South Bend. I really don't. I think it would be like okay, you got to win the rematch to get in if you're Notre Dame or Clemson. You got to beat them. You can't lose to them. So I would just say one team out of the ACC, one and not two. Interesting.
2: I mean, I was a few weeks ago. I my you can't handle the truth was uh, I think Cincinnati deserves a shot this year. So I'd agree with you there, Bruce. Um, earlier I did say that uh, I think there's an argument to be had. If uh, Clemson and Notre Dame, uh, if well, if Notre Dame uh, loses to Clemson on the rematch. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I would go with you on that. I would put Cincinnati in as the fourth team. Give them a shot. What other year does a group of five have an opportunity? Uh, I I want them to expand it to eight this season because of all the unknowns, but I don't think it's going to happen. Give Cincy a shot. Why Since he's had
0: one tough game at UCF, and that's a game where they faced a decided Disadvantage on the road because Florida, Ron DeSantis has opened up the state of Florida and they have fans at at their games, and so that's you know it was thirty six to thirty three, but they were down. They showed the character you want a playoff team to show. Now they got to play at Tulsa. I don't know what the fan numbers are in Oklahoma. The Big Twelve is having fans, so I assume Tulsa is going to have fans. So they will have won. Tulsa is a ranked team, number twenty four. They've played two pretty tough, two pretty tough road environments. Cincinnati at 9-0, and and then they'll have to play the AAC championship game, and if they win that one,
2: put them in. They're 10-0. and They've dominated many of their games, too. Everyone gets a, a game or two that they don't look like world beaters in the regular season. And I think to hold Cincinnati to a higher standard than uh, Ohio State or Notre Dame or Clemson or Alabama is ludicrous, and I think uh, they deserve a shot. Let me throw another name at you, Bruce. Coastal Carolina. <laughs>
0: Yes, the Santa Clears. The Santa Clears put them in the top ten. I'll tell you what, their uniforms are spiffy. I like those uniforms a lot. I do too. Um, I... Yeah, they've uh, they've done a nice job. Their coach, and I'm sorry I don't know his name, but he's a hot property out there. Uh, Manny Diaz has done a nice job at Miami. Miami's once beaten Coastal Carolina thirteenth. Yeah, I don't know about it. Coastal Carolina behind two loss Iowa State, behind two loss Oklahoma, behind two loss Georgia. Yeah, probably behind Georgia. Okay. But I mean, no. that
2: win against BYU is big.
0: That's a good win. Yeah. It's a very good win for them. And congratulations to them for playing it. Do you think, as we wrap up today, Andy, do you think that this season and the fluidity of scheduling has shown us anything about making college football better going forward without schedules made X number of years in advance?
2: There needs to be a centralized governing force for one. Um, I think that's the number one thing the whole COVID pandemic showed us is that the fact that every conference is operating on its own. I mean, just from the beginning, Kevin Warren and the Big Ten announcing that they were postponing without letting anyone else know. Mm -hmm. Um, The the whole lack of unity on when the season is starting, what protocols are in place, uh, scheduling, number of games, out-of-conference games, everything that was different across college football this year and how it's muddied the waters for everything. Um, honestly, that's the number one takeaway I have from this whole thing is that there needs to be some sort of central governing force and it's not in the NCAA right now. The NCAA maybe needs to make something, um, that has more power over the conferences. That might be hard to do. That might be hard to do, but in terms of scheduling and how far ahead, uh, this happens, I, I've always thought it was silly for six or seven years. The, the way sc- scheduling works where it's six or seven years out because teams don't get the chance to, the lower tier teams don't get a chance to rise. It hurts parity.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, whenever UCF gets a home run with Scott Frost or Coastal Carolina has a home run coach or Luke Fickles at Cincinnati, those guys move on and it's two or three years before they had a chance to play actual good competition because that scheduled games, you have your next six years of games lined out. So there needs to be more flexibility, I think. Save a couple non-conference games every year, maybe, that you schedule during the year. If college football wants to make that change, obviously it can't for six or seven years yeah. now because the games are already scheduled. But I think that's a change that you could see moving forward. A m- little more flexibility in fluidity as you put it with scheduling in college football
0: yeah that would be one way to do it and certainly there were a lot of contracts that were in existence this year and were broken so maybe they can throw them all out the window maybe three years out and start over and I think the sport would be better for it as you say because you get better matchups year to year knowing having a smaller window into the future to see hey who's good how can we challenge ourselves and then of course you get better strength of schedule which theoretically would lead to a more equitable playoff berth distribution, and a better college football playoff. So that'll do it for Andy and myself. We will be back again next week with another edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. Make sure you watch us on the Chris Landry Football Channel. Go to LandryFootball.com for all the podcasts across all the platforms, all the conferences, all the uh, different genres of football pro scouting recruiting we've got it all covered for you right there everybody have a good day and remember 11 o'clock today a few good men on the big 12 uh not a few good men on the big 12 in defense of the big 12 uh it's coming up at the top of the hour everybody have a good week and hopefully we'll have an ohio state michigan game to talk about next monday 18 plus.